Hey, really quick before we get started, please remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and feel free to check me out on rhitch.com. And everything said in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions alone. All statements regarding companies made are strictly beliefs or points of view held by myself and not a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any securities. Hello and welcome back to the Financial Breakaway Podcast. I am Ryan Hitchcock, your host, and I am a financial planner with High Point Capital Group out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Thanks for being here. Now, this is the second episode where we are talking about the year 2022 this year and how tough of a year this has been all around on all fronts. Now, my everyday job is talking with people. I talk with clients all day, prospect clients, friends, family, you name it. And I I learn a lot from these people. Um, And I observe a lot from these people. So today, I'm breaking down three observations um, that I've seen from at or near or in retirement aged individuals or families. Um, What I've observed from them this year and then what we can learn from those observations being a tough year. And I'm trying to explore these observations and lessons learned through a financial planning lens for the everyday person. So with that being said, let's get into it. All right, let's get right into the first observation and it's around inflation. Now, like we haven't heard enough of this word this year. Inflation has been everywhere. And for me, I've been talking about inflation going back about two years now. So I'm definitely tired of it. However, this year, We're not just talking about inflation, we're actually living in inflation and we all know this. It's, you know, been felt worse than it has in uh, over 40 years. So for a lot of us, it's the first time we've ever really felt um, the effects of uh, pretty big inflation. So I'm, I'm going to go off topic here just for a second, so bear with me. I want to really just talk about how convoluted really inflation is because I don't believe most people really even know that. So just bear with me a second, and then we'll get back into uh, the observation here. So, um, for example, we've all heard that inflation has been as high as 9% CPI, Right, we've all heard that, and the, all the news stations, radio stations, blast that out left and right. So CPI stands for Consumer Price Index, but most people don't really dive too deep into what that really means and what are the numbers behind it. And I'm not advising you do that because it can really make your head spin. For example, there's terms like core CPI or top line CPI, and these things are completely different. Um, Some places even interchange top line with headline CPI, even though they're kind of the same thing. So it just makes things more confusing. Um, But what is core CPI? So core CPI, um, so again, consumer price index, it's a measure of inflation. So core CPI is a measurement that excludes food and energy prices. And why they do that is, who knows, but why they say that is it's, uh, you know, those two things are subject to sharp short-term price swings so it can throw off in the inflation numbers. So um, it what they say is it could be misleading for long-term inflation trends. So that's just is what it is. Now, headline inflation or top-line inflation, 
throws food and energy back in the mix. So um, two separate readings. Now, to, to make matters even worse, you know, the Fed, the uh, Federal Reserve, which we've all become very aware of and, and their effects on the markets and economy, they actually use a different inflation number as well. They use uh, something called the PCE, the Personal uh, consumption expenditure. So I'm not going to explain that, but it's just something different as well in how they calculate that. And then they have, uh, there's the U.S. Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they use something similar to core CPI or headline CPI, um, but then they throw in terms like seasonally or non-seasonally adjusted. So um, you get my point that it's very confusing. And I, and I have a point myself and why I'm explaining this and I'll explain that some more here in a second but um, anyway so we we've all felt inflation this year kind of getting back into uh, you know the observation we we have felt inflation this year but retirees are the most at risk because they are on fixed incomes you know they're on social security or pensions and then they're pulling money from their nest eggs to kind of live off of and if inflation is going up they then might have to pull more money off of their nest egg to live and that could put the longevity of their nest egg at risk so observed inflation can really affect retirees or near retirees for the first time in a long time to sum up my long uh, observation there but what can we learn from this and this is something i've really talked about in all of my retirement planning is you need to find your personal inflation rate you need to find your personal inflation rate. So again, we've all heard that you know inflation this year has been as high as nine plus percent CPI. However, maybe your personal inflation rate is lower or maybe it's higher than that. And that can really affect pretty big swings your you know, how it affects your fixed income budget as uh, or income slash budget as a retiree or going into retirement. Um, so you really need to hammer down that uh, personal inflation rate. So how do we do that? Let me talk a little bit about that. Um, so actually, let me let me explain. Let me back up a minute. Let me explain just what I mean. Um, so let's say that me, I drive to the office every day, uh, I drive to client meetings, I go drive to pick up kids, sporting events, uh, the gym, you name it. Um, so the price of gas or fuel really affects me, but maybe a retiree might only drive to the grocery store a couple times a week or you know, go out to lunch here and there. So the price of gas might not actually affect them that much. Even if it goes up a lot, their little use of driving probably doesn't you know, have a big uh, impact on their budget. However, on the opposite side, maybe um, they have some health issues uh, later in life and you're going to the doctors more or on more prescription medication. Um, that's going to have a bigger effect on uh, your budget than it is maybe mine. So just trying to explain the differences of what I mean by your personal inflation rate. Um, so how do you kind of look this up? Um, and this kind of goes to what I was explaining about the different calculations of uh, inflation. Now, I think you should look at uh, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. If uh, um, you ever go to their website, bls.gov, they actually put out pretty good reports. They put out a monthly report. I believe it comes out on like the 10th or 15th of each month. And they have some really good uh, 
kind of dynamic charts that you can drill down inside of um, kind of what you're looking at, drill down into where inflation is really hitting. For example, you know, they'll break out down inflation like food at home, food away from home, gas, um, electricity, piped gas, all these different things. And then they even break that down per geography as well. So um, I really think you need to look at that website and try to figure out where, you know, your budget might be most impacted on inflation. And don't just take these crazy headline numbers because they don't really mean anything and they're very convoluted. So that's it for uh, the first observation and let's uh, move on to the second one. All right, the second topic we're going to discuss is around Social Security and specifically around the Social Security COLA increase, so the cost of living adjustment increase. This is something that I have seen that is very misunderstood. Um, but the observation is uh, since you know we're having the highest inflationary times in the last 40 years, like we just talked about, I've actually heard you know, retirees or near retirees excited because they're going to get an increase of the COLA, Social Security increase. Um, last year they got it. So for, for 2022, they got an increase and then there'll be a big increase next year projected. Um, but let's look at this a little closer. So, um, so continuing on this observation, the Social Security increase so the cola increase the cost of living adjustment for 2021 was 5.9 percent so let's just really talk about this one just to make my point a little bit more clear on this observation um, now why it's misunderstood is that people forget that the medicare part b comes directly off of your social security and that usually goes up every year as well and from 2021 into 2022 that went up quite a bit in 2021 that was 148 dollars a month and then for this year it was 170 dollars a month give or take and don't quote me on the exact number i think it's 170 um, but if you do the math on that which i just did that's a 14.8 percent increase just on that premium number and that's for everybody with a little caveat and i'll explain later but pretty much everybody has to pay that at least that amount um, and so to finish up on the observation, what you're going to kind of see here is that that top line COLA adjustment for Social Security is going to affect you differently if you're on Social Security, depending on how much Social Security you have, because your Medicare Part B goes up as well. So what can we learn here? How does this actually you know, play into your retirement equation. And uh, I think what you need to learn is you need to figure out the net increase, the net increase of what a COLA Social Security adjustment um, really is. So let's just run through some math. Bear with me and I'll kind of explain what that, that means. So um, let's just assume that you're making $1,200 a month in Social Security in 2021. Um, and then in 20, so in 2021, you're paying $148 a month in your part for your Part B in Medicare. So $1,200 a month in Social Security, and you're paying $148 in your Medicare Part B. 
Then you get a, a cost of living adjustment increase for 2022 of that 5.9% increase. So therefore, your Social Security payment went from $1,200 to $1,270 a month. That's a 5.9% increase. However, your Part B went to $170 a month. So that's going to make your net increase only 4.5%. So... It's not the 5.9 as advertised. Now, um, let's look at somebody that's making more Social Security, uh, more of a max scenario. So let's say that they're making 38.95 a month in 2021. So they were paying, um, let's just assume they're paying $207 a month in Part B. Did you know that your Part B premium is based on your overall income? So if you're making income from other places other than Social Security, the more money you make outside of that Social Security, the more you might be paying in Part B. So um, going back to my example, let's say that you're making uh, $3,895 a month, which was the max Social Security in 2021 and you're paying $207 a month in Part B, in 2022, your Social Security is gonna go up to $4,125 a month. That's the 5.9% increase. That was the COLA adjustment. But now your uh, Part B went up to 238 bucks a month because um, that was just the standard increase rate. Now. For you, in this scenario, your overall increase is 5.4% net. So they're actually in a better situation. Unfortunately, they're making more money compared to the smaller guy making less. Um, but my point here is um, you have to realize that the COLA adjustment isn't all that it's all cracked up to be. And depending on where you fall on the Social Security number that you're getting per month, um, these increases are going to affect you differently. So you really have to drill down and see what that means for your retirement budget. All right, let's get into the third observation. And this is around a term called sequence of returns risk. And, and this is actually happening right now um, for uh, retirees, something we've never seen in, in uh, the last 10 plus years because the markets have been up in that time. Um, now, this is an industry term, I get that, but it's it's actually the single biggest risk to retirees, and it's playing out right now. Um, it's a very interesting uh, back-testing type of study for retirees. It's one of my favorite topics, actually. Um, so let me just at a high level try to explain what uh, sequence of returns risk is. And high level, it just means that... Uh, if you start taking income off of your nest egg, so you retire, start taking income off of your nest egg, and then um, as well have negative returns early on in your retirement, it just greatly puts your portfolio um, at risk of running out of money regardless of how it performs later in your uh, retirement life. The back testing of the market and this happening um, just doesn't let the math ever catch up. Um, so let me try to explain a little further. If you align two portfolios in retirement and you start taking the same dollar amount of income off of these portfolios and they actually have the same average annual return over a 25 year period, 
the only difference between these two portfolios is that their rates of returns are, are flip-flopped, meaning one portfolio has losses early on in, in its uh, retirement and then positive returns later on in its retirement. The other portfolio has uh, the opposite there. So positive returns early on in retirement and more negative returns later in retirement. And what it shows is that the portfolio that's taking income out, they both are taking income out, but the portfolio that has the negative years early on in the uh, retirement drastically, and I mean drastically underperforms the other one. So again, they have the same average annual return over a long period of time, but this process of taking money out and having poor returns early on in retirement just kills the portfolio. So I actually have a uh, PDF on this. I know it's a little confusing over um, a podcast to explain, but I have a PDF on this that really shows this. It's really cool to look at, um, very enlightening, on my website at rhitch.com. Um, and, and if you go to the resource tabs, um, you can download it for free. There's no um, nothing like you have to give your email or anything like that. So again, please go to the, the website and check that out. So anyways, the observation is that this is the first year in 10 plus years, right, that we've actually seen this become an issue because markets are so down. And if people are retiring right now and trying to take money off their investments, they're at risk of, of having sequence of returns risk to them. But what we can learn is you do actually have control of this. This is a controllable um, risk for you in retirement planning. Um, now, you can't control that the market's going to go up or down. That's not what I'm, I'm saying. What you can control is if you're not retired yet, you can control your planning, your retirement planning up to your retirement. If you're near retirement, the planning you do should be specifically to protect against this scenario. Um, you need to have certain buckets of money that can withstand down markets to simply put. So you can protect against this um, to, uh, to help you for your long-term retirement. If you've not planned against this and you know maybe unfortunately you, um, you know, let's put it one way, maybe you have not retired yet and you're seeing your portfolio down, you're gonna either have to decide to either work longer, you're gonna have to decide maybe you need to take less off your investments or you can get what I call granular in what investments or what portions of your portfolio you're gonna be taking money out for income during a down market. And this can be used for people that just retired um, and didn't plan for it as well. Um, so what this is just means like if you're retired and taking money off your investments and the portfolio is down, you're gonna wanna actually take money off of the investments or the, the holdings that are up, the winners. Because the ones that are down, you're essentially just, if you were to sell those, you're just locking in the losses and you're not giving those a chance to come back. So there's a lot of more variables that go into that process um, and definitely talk to your own advisor and, and your own look at your own situation in this, but high level, that those are some things you can do and some things we have learned um, that uh, sequence of return to risk is going on right now. So so overall, that's all I have for you guys um, on my three observations for, for those that are at or near retirement. Hopefully it was enlightening a bit. And uh, until next time, be well.
High Point Capital Group is located at 1200 North Mayfair Road, Suite 300, Milwaukee, Wisconsin 53226. Phone number 414-253-4600. Securities and investment advisory services offered through SagePoint Financial, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. SagePoint Financial is separately owned in other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of SagePoint Financial. Views expressed here should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned here. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Indexes are unmanaged and investors are not able to invest directly into any index. Sector investing may involve a greater degree of risk than investments with broader diversification. However, there is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio alone will outperform a non-diversified portfolio in any given market environment. No investment strategy, such as asset allocation, can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, information should only be relied upon and coordinated with individual professional advice. Ryan Hitchcock believes the information presented here is accurate and was obtained from sources that are believed to be reliable. However, Ryan does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information, and such information may be subject to change without notice from Ryan. Statements expressed by guests on this podcast are the views of those guests only and not of Ryan Hitchcock. Statements contained in this podcast may be statements of future expectations and other forward-looking statements that are based on Ryan Hitchcock's or guest current views and assumptions and involve known and or unknown risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results, performance, or events to differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements.